0: Luke,
1: Matthew chapter 5, verses 45 and 48. So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, called to perfection this promised commandment is written and is the inheritance of the saints of all time and this commandment is addressed by Christ to his disciples and it was offered to us through our pastors through a series of ser- through our pastor through a series of sermons. Therefore those who do not accept the authority of the person sent by God have no relation whatsoever to the inheritance of this commandment. We have stopped to study the purpose of the righteousness of God in the heart of a person expressed in the ability to clothe his essence into the holy or the selective love of God. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you are called in one body, and be thankful. Colossians chapter 3, verses 14-15 through 15. According to these words, the rule of the peace of God or the righteousness of God in our hearts is possible only under one condition. If the selective love of God will dwell in our hearts and we will be clothed in the selective love of God. And the character of the selective love of God is presented by the Holy Spirit in Scripture in the light of seven unearthly virtues. And this was taken by Pastor from 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 through 8. This is virtue, knowledge, self-control, patience, godliness, brotherly love, and love. We have heard that each individual virtue of the fruit of virtue contains the characteristics of all other virtues. Because they flow from one another, fulfill one another, strengthen one another, and are found in one another. These virtues are also the great and precious promises given to us through Christ and we must become enriched by them to find or we can enter into the inheritance of these virtues only by accepting the Holy Spirit as the Lord and ruler of our life which will be expressed in the obedience of our faith to the faith of God. And through the means or through the inheriting of these great and precious promises, we are made partakers of God's essence. The selective love of God expressed in seven dignities and characteristics has nothing in common with human love that is filled with ignorance, selfishness, and inconsistency. And apart from the tolerant and selfish love of man, the unconditional selective love of God differs in that it carries the all consuming zeal of God, His omnipotence, and His absolute wisdom that is impossible to use for selfish and ignorant reasons. It is the fruit of the selective love of God contained in the format of seven unearthly virtues that is called to destroy the power of death in our bodies and replace it with the reign of the resurrection of Christ in our bodies and clothe our bodies in the resurrection of Christ in the face of our new man. Let us remember that talking about virtue of the selective love of God, we have established the origin and source of all good, meaning God. God is the origin and source of all good. Whereas knowledge and the selective love of God is called to give us discerning of what is good and what is bad, or what God views as good and what he views as evil. The love of God that has self control in us gives us the power to choose what God views as good and reject what he views as evil. The patience of Christ in the selective love of God is founded on the ability to look at what God views as good and await, with hope for the fulfillment of what we have seen. The discipline of godliness in the selective love of God is called to keep self undefiled from what God views as evil and hallow God in our hearts and souls. Brotherly love in the selective love of God as the guide from death to life because we love the brethren and whoever does not love his brother dwells in death. And love, as we know, is the bond of all perfection that is inherent to the essence of God and is our coronation. And so in a certain format, out of the seven characteristics that in their union define in our heart the virtue of God, the perfection of His, selective love love of God, we have already studied five components on Tuesday and therefore we will turn to the sixth one, which is brotherly love. We've talked about five virtues, and we will talk about sixth one. And on Sundays, pastor has gone further, but we are not too far behind. If we did not defile the Word of God, we need to go in parallel and not distort the Word of God. We need to follow. Follow the person, the man of God, and not distort the Word of God. Because the Word of God never uh, never grows old. Pastor, whether he said it a month ago or on Tuesdays, for example, we take sermons that pastor said a few years ago and they have that same freshness. Many saints did experiments. I listened uh, to one in the same sermon every several months and every time I listened to it, it was like brand new to me and I had received something special. We will always receive something new from the Word of God. And when the word of God is offered to us, it is offered in that format, in which we can receive something new. Sometimes, some people ask, "Can pastor just say, speak plainly?" My answer: He can. But I know a pastor since I was six years old. We lived in that city in which he lived in. He. We were we lived at pastor's house, relatives' house, and from six years old, I saw how he spoke with people, satanists, unchristians, with very, um, very religious people, with spiritual people, with carnal people, with infants. He had found a certain level with which at which he can begin. If he spoke with an uh, atheist or a regular or just an ordinary person, he spoke from a certain point. And talking about nature, he would always bring everything to Christ. He he shows Christ. People never had resistance to this. I know certain relatives who were atheists, atheists in a very severe level, but as soon as they came to pastor, they were astonished. Why? because pastor always found something common that bound them, and he spoke plainly in their language, and he explained to them, showed the beauty of the Christ, and they saw no evil. Therefore, can pastor speak plainly? He can. And now, pastor's answers, when he was asked, he said if I were to preach to a church of atheists unchristians unbelievers, those who do not know God I would speak plainly but I do not want to put the inheritance of God down stupid down to a level of atheism I need to speak to them as speaking the royal word I do not have a right to do it any other way to speak with kings and priests as with atheists I, w- I literally trembled from hearing this and so the selective love of God discovering itself in brotherly love can express itself in the atmosphere of eternal life in which we came when we were born from the seed of the word of truth, 1 John chapter 3 verses 14 through 18. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, because He laid down His life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And so once a person is born of God, he is given decision, to either enter into a state of death and to become dead for God, unsuitable for any good deed, or enter a state of eternal life and become fit for all good deeds and demonstrating brotherly love. Proceeding from the revelations of scripture, the nature of brotherly love which forms in our hearts the atmosphere of eternal life is hidden in the love of God, agape, and unlike the Human love, it is beyond the emotional and rational capabilities that cannot penetrate into the inapproachable light of the fourth dimension in which God dwells. And it was necessary for us to answer four classic questions. The first one, by what characteristics should we define people who are a part of the category of our brothers, for whom we are called to lay down our lives in order to demonstrate brotherly love in our faith? Second, what purpose is the selective love of God called to fulfill a brotherly love toward one another? Third, what conditions or what price is necessary to fulfill to demonstrate the selective love of God and brotherly love in our faith? And fourth, but what signs should we test ourselves for the presence of brotherly love toward one another in the selective love of God? We must know that we are not talking about those brothers in flesh and blood, but those but brotherly love among saints. As written, let brotherly love continue. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1. Today we are going to continue to answer the third question, what conditions or what price is necessary to fulfill to demonstrate brotherly love in our faith? How much does brotherly love cost? What price must we pay? Of course, I would like to remind us that talking about brotherly love, we defined as our neighbor. Who is our neighbor? Why should we talk about brotherly love if we can't define who is my brother or my neighbor? And reading from pastor's notes, we can make a conclusion that a neighbor or brother is a person who without me or without whom I cannot reach those heights which God has established for us and to achieve the perfect will of God. We need one another and they need us. And the first neighbor for us is God. He's our brother. He can't do anything on this earth without us and we can't do anything without him the father is a neighbor and he has given us his fa- he gave his heart of a father to his son and his son demonstrated the word in action the son gave this to the holy spirit and the word of god the holy spirit and the word of god he breathed into his apostles when he went up to the father he breathed and he said accept this spirit he gave a certain power in this breath he gave a the Meme. That's why those people who are, are not those leaders whom we have chosen or who say, I saw an angel, I saw a vision. No, when I, I see dreams very rarely, with, I see dreams very rarely with angels. I haven't seen a, a at all, I haven't seen a dream at all with an angel because I don't have time to see these kind of dreams
0: I need to
1: I need to deal with what I already see here and there are such dreams that are already written here but those leaders they focus on their dreams can you compare a dream or a vision with this that's written that's why I don't see angels I won't buy into this. If God will show, He will show me this beauty or even better. When apostles of God they have certain revelations for strategy. My strategy is already placed in the in the notes that I have that says my strategy, all that I need to do is to thank God and say, Amen, I accept this is mine, and to proclaim it in prayer. How wonderful is this. And then anointed men of God are also our neighbors, our parents, if they dwell in the truth, and they are our neighbors. Our children are our neighbors. Christians, the Church of God, are our neighbors and brothers. If, of course, they are a widow, foreigner, an orphan, if they are those that dwell in Zion in the Church of God, they are comforted by Zion, they, for me, are my neighbors. The cooperation between my spirit and soul are my neighbors. Because the spirit and soul cooperate for what reason? To clothe our body into the resurrection of Christ and they're close with one another when people say I don't need anyone I'm just going to love pastor and that's it everything will be well if you love pastor well then read pastor's notes please there is a church there are children of God we have our spirit and our soul if we love pastor let's honor the notes and look at this beauty that we must know And cherish, and cherish all of these components. And so, what conditions must we fulfill to demonstrate brotherly love in our faith? And we answered three components, and today we will move on to the fourth one. The first one, and I again will remind you about it in summary. To demonstrate brotherly love in our faith, it is necessary to put away lying, speak truth to one another, because we are members of one another. Pastor has shown that it is necessary to stop lying to ourselves and to speak truth to ourselves so that then we can learn how to speak truth to to one another and to put away lying. When is this possible? When we take off our old man with his works. When we take away the former way of life of our old man when we renew our thinking with the spirit of a mind and are clothed into the new man created by God in righteousness and holiness of truth. And then right after this, the verse continues, and you therefore must put away lies and speak truth to one another. To set aside renew, and clothes so that then we can finally begin to put away lying and speak truth to one another. We need to have a correct relationship with one another because if we don't have a correct relationship or communication with one another, the blood of Christ does not cleanse us. not wash us. This is what is unique. The blood of Christ dwells in communion. The communion communication fellowship does not dwell outside of the blood of Christ. It
0: is also
1: necessary to put away lying and speak truth to one another. We must hate lies and, and to love the truth. It's necessary this place where all of those evil thoughts nest, we must we must get rid of it and renew our thinking with the spirit of our mind. It is in our thinking that oftentimes bad thoughts nest. Having hated this and removing it from the throne, that person that produces lies is also one of the components. And we must also bear... Fruit of righteousness. These sons that are going to speak at the gates at our lips, and we will overcome the manufacturer of sin. We need to give birth to these sons, bring this fruit of righteousness, in order for him to battle with at our lips, and we can overcome lies. To lie or to say the truth, a certain stands before the decision. At the gates of his lips, there is a battle going on to speak lies or to speak truth and of course if we have fruit in the subject of our sons which we have filled with our quiver we have the fruit of righteousness and for him to be there we need to take off the one that was sitting on the throne, and renew our thinking with the spirit of our mind and learn to speak the truth. Second, to demonstrate brotherly love in the selective love of God Agape, it is necessary to not devise evil against our neighbor when he trustingly dwells beside us. We talked about this at our previous service, and here we we are talking about the unique relationship between saints. When a person, when he has envy in his heart and he rebukes the other person, and blames his vices on him. With his words, he expresses love. Scripture says, you must not do this when you live with your neighbor and he lives with you without violence. We must not not say that which is not in our heart. We must not devise evil against our neighbor when he trustingly dwells beside us. When we have resentment in our heart, but outwardly we say words of love toward him, this is a price, we need to get rid of this, so that our words could, could coincide with our heart. We must pay a certain price for this, to get rid of this envy and this resentment towards other saints. Third, to demonstrate brotherly love and the selective love of God, it is necessary not to violate our neighbor's landmark, one men which men of old have set. Here, Pastor had talked about who, what our landmarks are, what our boundaries are. He had shown the Promised Land, and at the Promised Land, it tells us that a person has sovereign rights. And he, from the position which God gave him, offers the Word, but he never binds the Word, he never pushes the Word, he offers it. It is impossible to lead a person into his limits if we want to push him there. It's impossible, Scripture says, remember, that it is impossible to violate the landmarks of your neighbor which men of old have set Isaac and Jacob we must offer to a person the Word of God, a promise, and for he to somehow... If a person begins to cooperate with the beauty of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit and partake in proclamations with that word which we hear, then we will enter into these promises. Let's move on to the fourth one, the fourth price, to demonstrate brotherly love and the selective love of God, agape, it is necessary to hate all wicked people and those who practice lawlessness. This is a certain price. How much does brotherly love cost? The price that's necessary to hate all wicked people and those who practice lawlessness. And let's take a look at how God views this. Psalms chapter 5, verses 4-6 through six. For you are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness, nor shall evil dwell with you. The boastful shall stand; shall not stand in your sight. You hate all workers of iniquity. You shall destroy those who speak falsehood. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. The phrase, Nor shall evil dwell with you, tells us that God does not make a union with wicked and lawless people who speak lies and portray these lies as if they were the truth, which... An evil person is one who replaces the works of God with his own works that come from his flesh, which he calls the will of God. Furthermore, an evil person is a person who does not acknowledge the order of the body of Christ in the congregation of saints who said is the person established by God who carries the powers of the fatherhood of God. John chapter 6 verses 28 through 29. Then they said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. If we, out of cowardice before the majority or those in power among the saints, do not stand up for our neighbors who are entrusted with the word of God, we, however, though secretly, allow lies to dwell in our nature and our participants in the reproach against our neighbors. So, silence is a sign of agreement. This is known to many, even in past generations, when Christians were told. They were afraid to confess that they were Christians and that communists had laughed at these people, they said, know that your silence is a sign of your agreement with solidarity with us, you coward. He was scared, the Krishna was scared. He didn't want to ruin his reputation for people to know that he was a Baptist or a Pentecost. And they laughed at him saying, your silence is, is a sign of your agreement with us. We must not be cowards, we must stand up for our neighbors. To whom is in our neighborhood, to whom is entrusted the word of God. We must not stand on the side, because if we stand on the side, then God will impute to us that which uh, St- uh, Stephan, Paul had called, Paul had repented for this. Jesus, when he spoke with the scribes and Pharisees, he said, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, that you build graves and you adorn the graves of righteous because in doing so you demonstrate that you are the children of those who killed those righteous and the prophets they said how we don't agree with our fathers they had to kill the prophets
0: he said woe to you may the blood
1: spill on you whom you had killed now, a question. Why did Christ call, uh, call upon seven plagues upon them? Because they ag- had built altars in His name, saying that they were in agreement with the
2: fathers.
1: To answer this question, we need to ask one question. Under what basis did they build? Why did were the righteous killed by their fathers? because they didn't want to listen to the living anointed men of God and they were killed they were stoned now a question why did the children build the graves of the prophets of God and adorn the memorials of the righteous why do they do this the answer is this we don't want to acknowledge living messengers the Roman Empire Right now you can't kill you can't kill people with religious motives. You can bring him to judge uh to the court and the court will look at the work. But back in the day, they were killed, the righteous were killed.
0: In
1: doing so, the living messengers were discredited. Jesus gathered them all together and said, You with your fathers are one because you pursue one goal, to not acknowledge the living messengers of God. Fifth, to demonstrate brotherly love and the selective love of God agape, it is necessary to not cheat and rob our neighbor of his wages, and the wages should not remain with us until morning. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 13, You shall not cheat your neighbor nor rob him. The wages of him who is hired shall not remain with you, all night until morning. For us, this commandment, in addition to the direct meaning that already exists, contains certain concrete signs by which we should determine our neighbors in the congregation of saints. Because as we said earlier, not every person in the assembly of saints can be our neighbor and therefore become our worker. And we needed to ask three questions. In what circumstances does our brother lose the right to be called our brother? Or, when do we lose the right to be called a neighbor? Second, in what circumstances does our brother, as our neighbor, become our worker? Hired worker? Not a slave. A Jew can't be a slave to a Jew. He gives himself up to work, to give some kind of loan, or to pay off some kind of loan. And third, how do we cheat and rob our neighbor and withhold his wages until morning? Very interesting component. And they are tied with one another. Right now we are going to look at the first one, the answer to the first question, how we lose the right, or how does our brother lose the right to be called our neighbor? And Pastor will give six specific definitions. Then we will turn to our worker. There we're going to focus on our spirit, that it turns out that our spirit is our worker, and that there comes a time for each person when he hears truth, when he has founded the house of God, the time comes when the spirit becomes a worker he comes uh, to a position of contriteness he becomes a worker and he bows to the soul and depends on it a very dangerous position that can either make me a king and priest unto God or transform me into the wicked the time has come the time has come and each of us this time will come when our spirit Will become a worker. He is going to depend on the soul. The soul must take a certain uh, governing, but at the same time, not forget that she is the soul, and that this is his brother. This is not a slave. This is a worker, and that it's necessary to to pay him through the proclamation. In return, to in return, bless him. We will take a look at the paradox that happens: that those people who come to this position. They are in religious ecstasy, and their conscience stops to to correct them. And all of a sudden, they begin to attribute to themselves those revelations that are in fact the achievements of their spirit, that the anointed men of God speak, and then all of a sudden their soul begins to attribute everything to itself. And at the same time, the spirit is quiet, and this is very dangerous and very scary. Then later on, we will see that when this happens, we are transformed into those people who stop uh, being our neighbors. We lose the status of a neighbor. When do we lose the status of a neighbor? Again, I will repeat. Again, I will just foreshadow so that we can see the picture from afar, and then we will draw closer to it. When our spirit comes to the state of contriteness, and to come to a state of contriteness, he must be not like a slave, but like a worker. Like a worker, he depends on us, and he wants to receive a certain payment, so that this soul could begin to pay him through the proclamation of those words that he has passed along to her, and passing it along to her, he waits from the soul for it in meekness and humility to Proclaim the word of God. And then all of a sudden, the soul s- puts the, her foot on this worker and says, Well, this is me who received the revelation. These are my revelations. This is the Holy Spirit speaking to me. I found this on Google. I saw this on YouTube. And that's it. A person is transformed then. And he was at the very, very boundary of affirming his righteousness. People are turned, uh, so either at this point they either turn into wicked or lawless, or they turn into righteous, or they are, they affirm their righteousness. Because the soul must continually remember that she is the neighbor. And this is not a slave before it, and she must, in meekness of the proclamation, not distorting the word of God, not attributing to herself any kind of gains, she must pay, and pay back to the worker. I'm sorry, it went pretty far ahead. So the first question, in what circumstances does our brother lose the right to be called our brother or our neighbor? Or when do we lose the status of a neighbor? A few reasons. The main reason why our brother loses the right to be called our neighbor is due to his disorderly conduct. This disorderly conduct we will see in the future. Why did a person begin to act so disorderly? Why? Because the spirit had to have become contrite, the spirit received information and passed it along to the soul, and the soul began to grow disorderly. And then this disorderly person comes into the church, and he begins to be disorderly in the church. 2 Thessalonians 3, verses 6-12 through We command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly and not according to tradition. So he has a problem with his spirit, with his worker. He didn't want to pay him, and he began to... um, To use him then all of a sudden he began to also act in this way towards the people of god for yourselves know how you ought to follow us for we were not disorderly among you nor did we eat anyone's bread free of charge but worked with labor and toil night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you not because we did not have authority but to make ourselves an example of how you should follow us for even when we were with you we commanded you this if anyone will not work neither shall he eat everyone wants to labor right this does it to be slim or slender shouldn't exist among the Saints if you love to if you love to work then you should love to eat as well right For we hear that there are some who walk among you in a disorderly manner, not working at all, but are busy bodies. Now those who are such we command and exhort through our Lord Jesus Christ that they work in quietness and eat their own bread. Not to eat diets, but to eat bread and eat normally disorderly conduct of our brother could be defined when our brother rises against the person representing the fatherhood of God, who is our neighbor that represents the functions of Christ as our neighbor. If we see that our brother behaves disorderly, he loses the right to be called our neighbor. By helping and showing love to our brother who acts disorderly, we will lose our legal right to pass from death to life, and we will share the retribution prepared for every person acting disorderly, and therefore from such a brother we should be removed. According to the words of Apostle Paul, again, we should be removed. Second, we are talking about how a person could lose the right to be a brother or a neighbor. If any brother denies the justification of the faith that we receive in the transfer of our sins from Christ to the devil in the face of the Azazel. He acts disorderly and loses the right to be called and to be our neighbor. Galatians chapter 5 verses 4 through 10. You have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by law. You have fallen from grace, for we through the Spirit eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith, for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. You ran well, who hindered you from obeying the truth? There is persuasion, does not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in you and the Lord, that you have no other mind, but he who troubles you shall bear his judgment, whoever he is so here it talks about justification and justification this gr- justification goes through righteousness that we hope for righteousness by faith so he played righteousness by faith in hope, so we hope in righteousness by faith, so we are saved in hope hope when it sees it is not hope if it sees then why hope apostle says, hope is one I don't see, and I call the inexistent in the physical world as existent. And this is righteousness by faith, as we hear numerously. Abraham had believed in God, and God imputed this to him as righteousness. It's impossible to become righteous if God first, a justified person, again justified by the blood of Christ, justification is a gift for us for christ this was a high price he took this seed from his own fruit and now the seed this justification i have not paid a single price for it he paid with his life but this small seed it is completely drenched with the information of the fruit the moans of the cross of the christ and he places this seed of justification in me and as soon as he places it in me i receive justification and i right away hear the call we hope in righteousness by faith so we are saved in hope now we need to take this justification as pastor akadi said into the fruit of righteousness how do we do this we have to call the inexistent as existent just as abraham he was firm he was unshakable He called the inexistent as existent. God had commanded him to do so. And God, in advance, gave him the right to be righteous. And then he began to cooperate with God to learn to do the works of the righteous. Third, if any brother denies a commandment of tithes and offerings, referring them to the ministry of the old covenant, to which they had nothing to do with, he acts disorderly and loses the right to be called and to be our neighbor. Malachi chapter 3, verses 7-12 Yet from the days of your fathers you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, In what way shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, In what way have we robbed you, and tithes and offerings? You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven, and pour out for you such blessing, that there will be not room enough to receive it. How many? questions there are here he wants him to he wants us to test him in this now we rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field says the lord of hosts and all nations will call you blessed for you will be a delightful lance says the lord of hosts so if we are told define to god in the human image i said it's very i will say it's very easy to find him Usually, when He gives something, He gives a certain condition. This is yours, but in this yours, there is something mine. Please, do not draw near it. Well, then, why give it to me? Take it all. Well, then, why do I need to uh, to receive it and then just say that only a portion is mine? This is what the Lord does. He placed a person in Adam, and then all of a sudden, He showed His mark in, in what? He planted a tree and said, you shall not eat it. This is God's mark. Everywhere God is, He says, I will give everything. But in everything, there is something that is mine. In order to demonstrate a relationship to Him as God, we need to give God what belongs to Him. And this is God's marking here. He leaves this uh, this mark of tides. All is yours, but in this yours, there is something mine. And in order to give it to me, you must acknowledge me as God. How do you give it, right? It's mine. This is in my pocket. It's in my wallet. It's in my bank. Well, God can't bless our bank any other way. When when He says, in your bank there is something that is mine. This is a great honor. In my spirit there is something mine. of the Holy Spirit. He gave the Holy Spirit as a deposit. This is God's marking. He did not give... He gave the Holy Spirit for a certain time. For Him... To bring Rebecca, for example, to Isaac, he was given. He was given for a certain amount of time. How will we act toward him as a guest, as Laban had done, or as a lord and ruler of our life? In order to follow him, he gives certain things temporarily to see how we act toward it, and in them we must acknowledge God Himself. Fourth if any brother denies the ban on the use of wine and other alcoholic beverages he acts disorderly and loses the right to be called and to be our neighbor Ephesians chapter 5 verses 18 through 20 And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation but be filled with the spirit speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody in your heart to the lord giving thanks always for all things to god the father in the name of our lord jesus christ Again, one other place of scripture, Leviticus chapter 10, verses 8 through 11. And the Lord spoke to Aaron, saying, So after two of his sons had perished, who tried to bring a false fire, a profane fire, they could not separate what is holy from unholy, clean from unclean. For what reason? The Lord spoke with Aaron and said, do not drink wine or intoxicating drink you nor your sons with you when you go into the tabernacle of meeting lest you die it should be a statute forever throughout your generations that you may distinguish between holy and unholy and between unclean and clean and that you may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord has spoken to them by the hand of Moses and we as pastor has said we are priests Uh, there, there was one person who came here from another country and he was very Acted with trembling towards his position. Pastor seeing this trembling and that he had honored it, he said he knew that he was. He was involved with cultural, so-called cultural cultural drinking. Pastor said, he saw in him that he cherishes this position, this role. And he saw this position. He said, you are a priest? Yes, I'm a priest, he said. Always? 24 hours a day? Yes, 24 hours a day. Seven days a week? 365 days a year? If you are a priest, then you have no right to drink wine or intoxicating drink or other alcoholic beverages. He said, oh, you caught me. But why should, Why? Be, why be caught? Why be caught? You can just simply obey. Listen. You can just simply obey. Why does pastor need to somehow catch us to somehow return us from these uh, from these chains when we try to implement some kind of uh, some kind of lies into the word of God? Fifth. If any brother denies the order of theocracy in which the body of Christ functions, he acts disorderly and loses the right to be called and to be our neighbor. Again, whenever I read any brother. I will read this. If I deny the order of theocracy in which the body of Christ functions, I will act disorderly, and I will lose the right to be called a neighbor to saints. John chapter 20, verses 21 through 23. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. And Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, for all the promises of God in Him are yes and in Him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, who through us, they are those in whom the Holy Spirit breathes. This is not just a person who has been selected by way of voting, but a person in whom is the breath of God. And the breath of God is defined by what? In the wisdom of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. The breath of Christ in the messengers of God is defined by the, not the ability to bring to tears, but the ability to open the truth of God, to place this truth of God and with us proclaim this truth of God. These are the anointed men of God. Sixth, if the brother ascribes to himself a revelation that does not belong to him and distorts it for the sake of self-interest, he acts disorderly and loses the right to be called and to be our neighbor. Later on, we will see that we do so when our spirit, our worker, is without payment. He waits, he waits for payment from us, and we begin to attribute everything to ourselves, everything to ourselves.
0: Jeremiah chapter 23,
1: verses 29 through 32. Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? Therefore, behold, I am against the prophets, says the Lord, who steal my words, every one from his neighbor, Behold, I am against the prophets, says the Lord, who uses their tongues and say, he says, Behold, I am against those who prophesy false dreams, says the Lord, and tell them and cause my people to err by their lies and by their recklessness. Yet I did not send them or command them, therefore they shall not profit this people at all, says the Lord. God says that these people lose their status as
0: neighbors
1: second question what circumstances can our brother and the dignity of our neighbor be hired to help now we're going to look at our spirit as our work as our worker our new man in connection with this question we turn to one of the scriptures in which the circumstance that interests us is presented Leviticus chapter 25 verses 39 through 43. And if one of your brethren who dwells by you becomes poor and sells himself to you, you shall not compel him to serve as a slave. As a hired servant and a sojourner, he shall be with you and shall serve you until the year of Jubilee. So the 50th year. And then he shall depart from you, he and his children with him, and shall return to his own family. He shall return to the possession of his father's for they are my servants whom I brought out of the land of Egypt they shall not be sold as slaves you shall not rule over him with rigor but you shall fear your God very interesting this this worker is sold until is a worker until the the year of Jubilee we must pay with our proclamations and then he must return to the possession of his fathers spirit, soul and body the reign of Christ is resurrected we hear these truths for a while now, we must understand that all of us are found in this position where our spirit will be a worker and will await from our soul, from the proclamations of our meek proclamations and humility. When we bow down and we await, Not, not don't be controlled to proclaim that word that we have received. And then he will step aside and then we'll receive the inheritance of a worker, our spirit and our soul and our body. This is... Option, or this must happen in every person before the resurrection, the reign of the resurrection of Christ in our bodies. Many, many are trans, transformed into workers of lawlessness. I won't say many because there are still many of us here. In this period of time, people are transformed into workers of of lawlessness. This commandment about the worker is a shadow of future blessings because it reveals the image of our neighbor in the face of our spirit, which can become impoverished in one case, when it experiences contrition and is sold as a slave to the soul, through which it gains the ability to receive the seed of the kingdom of heaven and nurture the fruit of truth. So the spirit can't without the soul, and for the spirit through the soul could achieve the body, that is going to proclaim, it's necessary for him to become a worker. The contrition of our spirit is a joint work of God and man, in which our spirit, through baptisms in water, Holy Spirit, and fire, immersed in the death of Christ, and after that, under special conditions, is clothed in the resurrection of Christ, in which he begins to bear the fruit of truth. This process is well represented in the allegory of the book of Songs. Chapter 4, verses 12-16. through 16. A garden enclosed as my sister, my spouse, a spring shut up, a fountain sealed. Your plants are an orchard of pomegranates with pleasant fruits, fragrant henna with spikenard, spikenard and saffron, calamus and cinnamon with all trees of frankincense, myrrh, and aloes, with all the chief spices, a fountain of gardens, a well of living waters and streams from Lebanon. Awake, O oh, north wind, and come, O oh, south. Baptism begins to act the proclamation renewed thinking bring from the north blow upon my garden that its spices may flow out let my beloved come to his garden and eat its pleasant fruits in the phrase a garden enclosed ye- that yields the state of the fruit of the spirit in our heart the phrase enclosed means contained in the depths hidden from prying eyes locked with a key tying sandals shoes on his feet prepared to represent the interests of the world or of light the phrase garden enclosed refers to a state of a contrite spirit whose fruit have ripened but cannot yet be eaten because the garden is still closed the presence of ripened fruit in the fruit spirit of the fruit of truth testifies to the readiness of our spirit to be broken the presence of a ripened fruit You have this, testifies to the readiness of our spirit to be broken, which gives God the basis through the north and south winds to carry out the process of contrition so that the beloved in the face of the bridegroom can come to his garden and eat its sweet fruits. The phrase, awake, O north wind, and come, O south, blow upon my garden, that its spices may flow out, refers to the role of God when he receives direction to break the spirit of man through the north and south winds only after our spirit is exposed to the north and south wind does our spirit come from a state of being locked in the garden into a state of contrition that gives us the ability to be a light and spread the fragrance of Christ so the spirit reaches such a state in which he must spread the fragrance of Christ and this garden must be enclosed through must be opened through this fragrance so that this wind the north and south can blow the purpose of the north wind is the image of the doctrine of the cross of Christ which through baptisms, water, Holy Spirit and fire in the death of the Lord Jesus separates us from the power over, uh, power, over our, power over us of our people, the house of our Father and from the power of our soul. The purpose of the south wind is the image of the doctrine of laying on of hands which vests and gives us the ability to cooperate our mind with the mind of Christ so that we can know the will of God which is good, acceptable and perfect. So here
0: we are.
1: So here, Pastor looked in this garden enclosed our spirit as a worker. Third question How do we cheat and rob our brother who represents our spirit in the state of contrition and rob him of his wages until morning? let's read this because it's this very important this is that moment in which people are transformed into wicked and lawless people the thing is is that they had everything in order to take the kingdom they came to Sud arrived at such a moment when they received the information of God in their spirit so many years had passed and it was that moment when the spirit comes to a state of readiness to be contrite and he is sold to us as a worker And the soul comes to shock. Oh, I'm sinning, but my conscience does not judge me. I must be super spiritual. I am not valued or cherished in the Church. And these revelations I had long ago, which pastor had spoken about, this is me who had found these revelations, this is me who had read this, this is me who had clicked this button first, this is very dangerous. and so how do we cheat and rob our brother who represents our spirit in the state of contrition and rob him of his wages until morning the image of the morning So, we must not uh, hold His wages until morning. The image of the morning and the dimension of our three-dimensional essence is the image of the jubilee the 50th year, when we come to the realization of the need to take over the dominion of the Holy Spirit so that He can become the Lord and ruler of our lives. So, it turns out that the Holy Spirit will not become the Lord and ruler of our life when our until our spirit becomes a worker as we heard to become a worker again I'm talking right now because I just want to affirm this for myself to become a worker means to be ready for contrition I become my spirit becomes a worker without this it is it is impossible to be contrite and if he will be contrite then the Holy Spirit in this Jubilee year is going to not just become the guest but the Lord and ruler of our life to rob our neighbor in the face of our spirit how does our soul rob our our spirit is to attribute the reasonable virtues of the spirit to the reasonable possibilities of our soul and to withhold wages until morning is to not accept the governing of the holy Spirit over the rational abilities of our soul here we go. Scripture says, do not rob your neighbor in the face of a worker and give him his wages. What does this mean? Summing all of this up, all these three aspects, how a person can lose the right to be called a neighbor. He can lose a na- the right to be called a neighbor. There were very many parameters or relationship toward tides, justification, the order of God to the man of God to the truth. Let's take a look at these. Why did a person have a relationship toward these things because it came time for his spirit to be contrite to become a worker and the spirit turns into a state of a worker and the soul then uses what is placed there, the preached word with the rational capabilities of its mind and then to not acknowledge the Holy Spirit over the rational abilities of our mind a very interesting painting that was offered to us. Sixth, what, again, we're talking about how much brotherly love costs. To demonstrate worldly love and the selective love of God, agape, it is necessary to forget those things which have passed and reach forward to those things which are ahead, pressing toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Philippines, chapter 3. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God. Forgetting those things which are behind means to forget the bitterness of the falls and the triumph of the victories and not rely on past virtues. As soon as we begin to rely on past virtues and boast of past feats of faith, we immediately lose our statuses as Nazarenes and our dedication to God that is comprised of seven braids on our head, as Samson had had. Judges chapter 16 verses 19 through 21. Then she lulled him to sleep on her knees, and called for a man, and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him, and his strength left him. And she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. Look at this. He looked back. He said, Before, I will go out as before, but you can't do this. God does not work like this with the children of God. We must not go, we must not focus on our past losses or our past victories. He says, I will go as as before at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Then the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters and he became a grinder in the prison. All that we can rely on when striving toward the goal comprised of our upward call of God in Christ Jesus is on the mercy of God that is contained in the treasury of our hope, comprised of the precious promises of God placed on our accounts in Christ Jesus in our heart. This is all. However, if we are not familiar with the prize contained in our upward call in Christ Jesus, we will never be able to forget the bitterness of our falls, considering ourselves as forgotten by God, and we will never be able to refuse to boast about the previous feats of faith and our previous virtues why do people do this because they do not know what reward they wait they were told the reward will be after the grave right when you die is there something in this life for me no when you die you will receive it a lot of people say okay all right well then we'll see on the other side but the reward is no you can in your life reign the resurrection of Christ in your body and God can affirm his covenant not just for your spirit, for your soul, but for your body as well, during your life, in your life here. This is the price. This is the price that's going to allow us not look at our past falls, bitterness of our defeats and our victories, but to look forward. With regard to this, a question arises, what characteristics define the reward of our inheritance comprised of our upward call of God in Christ Jesus? In Scripture, there are three categories of those who are saved and three different rewards for which, on behalf of man, a price was paid. This is the category of the male child, the category of the woman giving birth to the child, and the category of others born from the seed of the wife. We know that the category of the male child is presented in the image of 24 elders and 4 beasts. The category of the woman giving birth to the male child is presented in the image of the 144,000 firstborn and the others from the seed of the woman are presented in the image of the great multitude of those who are saved. Of these three categories that inherit salvation, only one category will have the honor of the upward call for which on their part the prize of obedience will be paid in the pursuit of their calling until death and death on the cross. 2 Peter 1, verse 11. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. Again, call and election, which what God has called us to, an election, how much this costs. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In Hebrew, the word calling means rank, status, difference, position, dignity, fame, power, and vocation. And so the upward call is comprised of the reward of our inheritance which defines our calling that is contained in Christ Jesus in the adoption of our body through the redemption of Christ in which the power of life must be raised. So, in our life. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 19-21 Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal, the Lord knows those who are His, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. In these words the Lord knows those who are his is presented our calling and election. Therefore, if anyone cleanses a calling that a calling that requires an election. The Lord knows those who are his. Let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Here we have the calling, and every calling has an election. And what we select, or what price we pay, God can define which of the three categories we are a part of. Please show your balance. Please show your checkbook. And we will tell you what category you are a part of. Because calling, the calling has a price, election. If we have taken up something high, but select something that is low, there is, there is no comparison. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, continues this place of scripture. Some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. I will allow myself, Pastor Akati says, to remind you that if there are vessels in the earthly dimension of time in the house of God, which is the assembly of saints, used for dishonor, then in the spiritual dimension at the height of heaven, these vessels are absent. Therefore, the vessels for dishonor in the house of God in the earthly dimension is a category of called, who by the day of harvest will ripen in their iniquity and wickedness, and like weeds will be gathered from the assembly of God's chosen remnants. Thus, if we do not depart from iniquity in which carnal people ripen, constantly opposing everything spiritual, and violating the sovereign rights of God's chosen remnant, we will share a sad and disastrous fate with them.
0: To depart from iniquity
1: means to turn around, refuse outrage, recognize the order of the body of Christ, to not proceed from the premises of the mind, return to God, to submit yourself to the word of the messengers of God, turn to face God, return what is holy to the Lord, tidy up your relationship with God, compensate for loss in a relationship with God, to die to the corrupt desires of the soul, to devote yourself to God, and to lay yourself on the altar of the Lord. According to this meaning, to depart from iniquity is a kind of proclamation of the faith of the heart that discovers itself in actions of righteousness. To, To step away, we can do through the proclamation of the faith of God. And the direction of actions of righteousness and demonstrating brotherly love in our faith will be comprised of us forgetting things that are in the past and strive toward the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Very interesting, this was shown to us that a person will never be able to forget his past defeats and his past victories if you will not show him to the beauty of the promises. That wait for him here, this resur- reign of the resurrection of Christ in our bodies, and not that they say when you die you'll be given the you'll be given all the promises then. No, he wants on earth here for the body to be the temple of God that represents his interests, and thousands of years he has waited for this. Very astonishing. This was not the pastor's idea. This he had received as a revelation. How long, how many thousands of years God has waited. This is patience. I'm impatient. We sigh, and this is good. Thousands of years He waited for the moment when He is going to be praised by people in whose bodies there will not be the law of sin and death in order to demonstrate before hell, before the world, the religious world, and this world, what it means to be a temple of God in the body. A beautiful picture to just boast what he meant to show Adam and hell and the whole world. What I meant in man, what I intended for in man, in my worshipper. 7. To demonstrate brotherly love and the selected love of God, again, we're talking about what, what brotherly love costs. It's necessary to return our neighbor's garment that we took as a pledge and return it before the sun goes down. Very interesting. Exodus chapter 22, verses 26 through 27. If you ever take your neighbor's garment as a pledge, you shall return it to him before the sun goes down. For that is his only covering. It is his garment for his skin what will he sleep in? And it will be that when he cries to me, I will hear, for I am gracious. During the times of the Old Testament, man's clothing, in addition to its intended purpose, served as a blanket that a person could take cover with during sleep. Such clothing in ancient times was pricey and was an indicator of the social status of its wearer. Only kings, princes, and especially rich people had a change of clothes. But an average wealthy person had only one garment. so
0: this Christ
1: had a change of clothes than the soldiers who crucified Christ and divided his
2: clothes.
1: Such clothing was part of an inheritance and was inherited. Clothing was given as a pledge or a loan to a neighbor. In the case when the brother or the neighbor took from his brother some valuable thing, but not having the full price to pay for this thing, mortgaged his outer clothing for it. Now he can't sleep, right? He does not have this clothing. He says, I will give it to you before nightfall. He gave his garments. He gave, now he is going to sleep without, without this outer clothing. This clothing of righteousness. The commandments given during the Old Testament had a dual purpose because in addition to their direct purpose, they were a kind of allegory which served as an image and a shadow of future blessings. As written in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 1, For the law having a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of the things, there is hidden grace. Despite the temporality of the law, which was for man a guide to Christ, eternal values were present and preserved in it, containing the decrees of laws of the grace of God. Therefore, into the clothes taken as a pledge from our neighbor, we should consider the difficult relationship between brothers in the midst of a gathering of saints. Specifically, when one of our neighbors offends us with something, then his clothes, in the subject of his justification, becomes a pledge in our hands. And we can return his clothes in the subject of his justification only having forgiven his guilt against us before the setting of the sun. Hebrews, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 through 27. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. It should be borne in mind that in relations with each other, we are obliged to forgive the offenses done to us only by our neighbors only by our neighbors who are included in the category of the chosen because only they have the garments of righteousness pastor will beautifully show us why Jesus did not uh, forgive and called anger upon the children of devil they had no righteousness he couldn't take the garments as a pledge they had no justification righteousness but here if my brother sins against me or offends me Now, his garments, his justification, I'm holding on to it. I need to care for forgiving him before the setting of the sun and return to him his clothes so that he can sleep with this outer covering. (laughs) Mark chapter eleven verses twenty five to twenty six, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Again, return the garments to your neighbors. Who that is not just his justification, but also his comfort, his um, his his covering. If we don't return it, then um, God will worry about covering him, and then he'll have to deal with us for not forgiving him. If you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Mark chapter 11, verses 25 through 26. And he will then take away our clothing, our justification. So all of a sudden, my brother has offended me, and now I'm holding on to his justification, his garments. And you say, if you say, I don't forgive him, God will say, well, then take his garments from him as well. Very dangerous in this situation. When our neighbors sin against us, if the sun has not set, I need to, through my prayer, forgive my brother. But if the wicked and lawless people who do not have the right to be called our neighbors offend us, we must turn to God to protect us from them. Because they, for a long time already, have lost the clothes of justification which they had before, therefore, they have nothing to pledge. This is how we must do it. Romans 12 19. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Here we are talking about these wicked and lawless people. When I return the garments to my brother, I do not do this for God to avenge for me. No. Why do we return the garments to my brother? So that God could view him as justified and righteous, so that. God can show His mercy upon him, that he's my neighbor. I protect him from God's anger. But when the wicked and lawless offend us, we can't take anything from us. They can't pledge anything to us. They, their garments were long ago lost and now we can't return their justification to them we can't forgive them we can't say oh I forgive your brother well this tactic doesn't work what are you forgetting him it's a wicked and lawless person to forgive a person we must return to him his righteousness but God does not forgive them why? he says they have nothing to return we just need to call the anger and wrath of God upon these people. To forgive, forgiving the wicked and lawless people means not to show proper holiness and to participate in their iniquities. We can determine who is our neighbor and who is not, according to, six characteristics, to the six characteristics of the dishonorable. We talked about how they don't accept justification, they don't accept order. The Honoring God of Tithes and Offerings, these six components that we have read about. Okay, eighth, to demonstrate brotherly love and the selective love of God Agape, it is necessary to view our neighbors and the body of Christ as members of our body, dependent on one another, so that we can bring one another comfort as God found comfort. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 13 through 16 So we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by whatever joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. According to these words, it follows that to demonstrate brotherly love and our faith through each member being knit together in which we receive unity in the body of Christ so that we can grow and edify ourselves in love is possible only when we leave the kind of infancy that does not comprehend the order of the body of Christ and is shaken and swayed by all kinds of winds of teachings over which stand seducers who portray themselves as the messengers of God but are not so. So here it's very important for us to leave infancy, we cannot be
0: these
1: binds if we do not leave infancy, these kind of seducers are comprised of carnal people who are chosen by way of democracy, who have placed themselves by so-called revelations. To test these emissaries of mammon should be through the fruit of their lips. First, these kind of seducers, aside from the fact that they are going to steal revelations from the messengers of God and distort them and attribute them to themselves, all the while they are going to attribute their negative traits to true messengers of God, doubting the reputations and spitting them with lies, speaking of lies and things which they have not done. Second, this kind of pseudo-leaders will involve people in all kinds of religious activities, pushing them to virtues to which God did not call them, teaching them on their own streets in which they will demonstrate the expulsion of demons and all kinds of false signs and wonders designed to seduce them. And if the true calling of every person called into fellowship with God is the fruit of the Spirit, in which a person is called to work with the truth of the preached word and the revelations of the Holy Spirit, revealing the truth in the heart, to build up the power of life in his body so that he could become a bearer of a heavenly body, then the calling that carnal leaders and those who blindly pursue will follow is evangelism, toward which God did not call them. And if He did call them, the not in the way with the means and the methods which they use. We will never be able to bring peace to our neighbors through all kinds of mutually fastening ties if our vocation will remain the virtue coming from the flesh and evangelism which the apostles of Christ are called to
0: fulfill.
1: Each of us becomes a bearer of the gospel of the kingdom at the moment when we become a light to the world and not when we fulfill our religious lusts warmed up by the cunning art of seduction. Amen. Let us pray. May you be blessed in your prayers. we have loved you, O Lord the Lord, our strength
0: our rock our fortress
1: deliver God
0: our strength the rock of Israel
1: the horn of salvation
0: we have called upon you and have turned to you as a Lord who is worthy to be praised, and we ask you
1: to deliver us from all of our enemies. Lord, we ask
0: you for the chains of death to be broken, for the chains that
1: have grasped us to be broken, For the snares and the nets that have been placed over us, be broken, ripped apart,
0: for the waters of lawlessness that
1: have surrounded us
0: to be dried up and destroyed. We call upon you, O Lord. We call upon you and we ask you to hear us, Lord out of your holy dwelling and we thank you that on the
1: foundation of your promise you hear the prayer of your saints
0: and for your promise with the body of your son
1: and the blood of Jesus Christ you for these sworn promises and for these sworn things, the blood of Christ and the body of Christ, for your Son and your promise, which promise which you have fulfilled, you bow down your heavens and you come down from heaven
0: for your saints, for your word, for your Son,
1: Jesus Christ.
0: You sit upon your cherubims
1: and are carried by the winds of the the wings of the wind to your
0: saints. You
1: pour out your thunder and your arrows,
0: thunder and coals of
1: fire before your countenance.
0: You
1: stretch out your hand
0: and lift up your inheritance. You place us in a
1: broad place in the resurrection of Christ, and you call us your inheritance. We thank you, Lord, for this great honor to be your heirs. We thank you that we are able to forget our past bitterness of defeats, our past victories and triumphs, and to look at that great reward which you have prepared for us. We refuse to turn around, to become a pillar of salt. We look upon that reward which You had shown to Moses, that reward which Moses had
0: looked upon, which he
1: looked upon and which he waited for, the reward of the Maker and Master who is God. We thank you, Lord, for this great reward that you have prepared for your inheritance.
0: We thank you, Lord, that
1: today we have the opportunity to clothe ourselves into your mercy,
0: to the pearl of
1: resurrection of
0: Christ. And that
1: salt that will remain the moment of of rapture will be covered with the resurrection of Christ. We are clothed in the resurrection of Christ, and we thank you. That you have allowed us, through the word that we have heard,
0: to set aside the former way of life of the old man,
1: to lay aside all uncleanliness, anger. Evil, and in meekness and humility to accept the planted word that can save not just our spirit but also our soul and our body. Allow us to accept that word and to keep it in our heart in meekness and humility before your holy countenance, which will not just save our spirit but will also be able to save our soul and our body, clothing it in the resurrection of Christ. We set aside all malice, all
0: deities
1: that we had previously worshipped, we reject Uncircumcised thinking that attributes to itself the revelations of God and does not acknowledge the rule of the Holy Spirit. We ask you for when we come that when we come to this moment, when our spirit becomes our worker, hired worker, and begins to wait for that time when which we are found in from our soul that is supposed to pass on. In exactness the words for our body which must be proclaimed in order for the spirit soul and body could enter into the year of Jubilee into its inheritance we thank you Lord that you have led your church to this Jubilee year we ask you Lord that in that time when our spirit will be prepared to full contrition that our spirit could soberly remember its calling in meekness and humility, not attributing to itself any feats of faith, and in the fear of the Lord to proclaim the Word of God, clothing through the lips with the proclamations of our bodies. And you lead,
0: you lead our whole essence in the resurrection of Christ. Allow us,
1: Lord, in this moment to not be transformed into disorderly and wicked people. Allow us to know you in all your power, all your glory. Allow us to be prepared to look upon your glory.
0: Allow us, Lord, to prepare ourselves for the outpouring of your holy fire
1: which can be poured out only when our spirit bows down and becomes the worker and you will pour out
0: your divine fire upon
1: that fragrance of our spirit which will become a worker. Allow us to remember this and allow us to understand that only in humility, only in meekness and trembling before that word that we hear will allow us to keep and allow us to attract your mercy in your divine fire. We thank you, Lord, that we hear this truth. We attract this divine fire. Upon ourselves, because without it, we cannot be clothed in the resurrection of Christ without it, we cannot be clothed in the soul of the resurrection of
0: Christ May the fruit of righteousness be grown in the hearts of saints.
1: let us continue to the call of the inexistent as already existent in your word, in our heart, in our spirit.
0: And if there is doubt, we
1: consider ourselves dead to sin, alive to God. We thank you, Lord,
0: that we
1: have been saved in
0: hope. We thank you, Lord,
1: that we can demonstrate before you during these last times in hope, righteousness of faith.
0: We continue,
1: just as Moses had done, just as Abraham had done, we continue to look upon those promises that you have revealed to us through your preached word, and we accept them, and we thank you. We thank you, Lord. We accept the truth regarding the resurrection of Christ in our essence and in our bodies. Let the resurrection
0: of Christ in our bodies,
1: We ask You, Lord, to show the triumph, to show Your intentions, which You had awaited, and which are Your purposes. Demonstrate the temple of God in the face of every individual saint, in which the whole fullness of the Holy God will be demonstrated. Demonstrate, Lord, Your glory, and show Yourself as glorified upon this earth. And us, Lord, according to your mercy, us who are found and trembling before your holy countenance, allow us to continue to accept those truths through which we can clothe ourselves in the resurrection of Christ. We thank you, Lord, and we prepare our hearts for the acceptance of that revelation that you have prepared for us in our future services. We accept them in our heart
0: in order then,
1: through the proclamation of our lips, we can clothe ourselves by the power of the glory of God and the resurrection of Christ. May the name of our holy God be blessed, Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debtors as debts as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the hand of the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, Amen and we will conclude with our unchanging manifestation now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.